If you would, please turn to 2 Kings, 1 Kings, excuse me, this morning. We are going to be reading from the 10th chapter of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Because of so many people being absent this morning, I thought on this Lord's Day that I would break from the Mark series uh, and then do something a little different for today. And, um, and so we are going to be looking at the visit of the Queen of Sheba to Solomon. It's a very fascinating passage, and uh, many of our homeschoolers School teachers are not here today, <laughs> but maybe they can be encouraged to possibly listen to this message because in many ways, in terms of the theme today, uh, this is a very good theme to begin our year if those, for those who are still in academia <laughs> are going to, going to school or, for example, maybe those who are teaching school. So, um, as a matter of fact, I have used this passage uh, in one of my books in terms of for the discipline that I taught. As a matter of fact, it ends with this note, with this passage. My book finally ends with the note from this passage concerning the Queen of Sheba and Solomon. So, anyways, uh, let us listen to the holy, infallible word of God from 1 Kings chapter 10, Verses 1 through 10. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue and camels bearing spices and very much gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon... She told him all that was on her mind, and Solomon answered all his quest, her questions. There was nothing hidden from the king that he could not explain to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food of his table, the seating of his officials, and the attendance of his servants, their clothing, his cap, his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings that he offered at the house of the Lord. There was no more breath in her. And she said to the king, the report was true that I heard in my own land of your words and of your wisdom, but I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes have seen it. And behold, the half, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity surpass the report that I heard. Happy are your men. Happy are your servants who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God who has delighted in you and set you on the throne of Israel. Because the Lord loved Israel forever, he has made you king 
but you may ex- that you may execute justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very great quantity of spices and precious stones. Never did, never again came such an abundance of spices as these that the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Now, if you would turn over to Luke, I want to read one verse from Luke, chapter 11, verse 31. The queen of the south will rise up at the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them, for she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, where do we seek wisdom? We ask, O God, that our hearts this morning would be focused upon the wisdom of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is forever wise, and that we would not be caught up with the wisdom of this world. In Christ's name, amen. Where do you seek wisdom? From your parents? What are your expectations of wisdom? Do you expect your parents to be wise? Your siblings to be wise? Perhaps if you are still a student, your teachers to be wise. What constitutes wisdom? Does having a doctorate degree or a master's degree constitute wisdom? I can guarantee you it doesn't. (laughs) Does a high IQ constitute wisdom? Does experience constitute wisdom? Often it is stated that a person with the skill of using common sense, has more wisdom than a person who seems to be non-functional in their everyday activity, even if that person happens to be a nuclear physicist. (laughs) Perhaps as Christians, we do not think much about wisdom as a major theme in our daily Christian lives. We may think about our personal relationship with Christ and the benefits that he provides for us concerning salvation, like just regeneration, justification, faith, sanctification, glorification. We may be preoccupied with our daily trials and anxieties. Just how is God going to direct me through this day, each day? 
Indeed, concerning our daily struggles, we seek good counsel and direction from fellow believers. And yes, we treasure that counsel. But it seems to me that we are apt to move quickly ahead in our lives as we have received that wise counsel. My assumption here is this, biblical wisdom is not a theme that dominates much of our common everyday conversation with fellow Christians. And yet, it has a very important position in the progressive revelation of our God. Most prominently in the middle, right in the heart of the Old Testament canon, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, a corpus of literature that is often most associated with the wisest figure to walk the planet prior to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. His name, Solomon. As you recall, Israel wanted a king. They wanted a king like the nations, and God complied with their request. He gave them Saul. And after Israel is nauseated with Saul's falling, the God of Israel gives to them a warrior king after his own heart, to demonstrate in David the militancy of the kingdom of God. And finally, in his son, Solomon, God foreshadows the eternal peace and tranquility of the kingdom, of his kingdom, especially found in Solomon's godly wisdom that is totally, totally un and analogous, analogous to the wisdom of God. Oh yes, congregation, in both cases, David and Solomon comprised the sanctity of God's being in their own wicked sins and acts of sins. However, in both we see into the sovereign plan of our God and his final execution of justice upon the world. In David, the judgment of God upon the nations. And in Solomon, the final everlasting peace as the nations enter into the eternal rest of our God sanctified with the wisdom of God, of the God, of the Bible. Congregation, do you wish to have profound wisdom in your life? Then you must seek wisdom that is only found in the person who created all things, understands all things, knows all things, including how justice and righteousness is going to turn out, that understands the complexity of the human soul in its darkness as well as in its light. The God of revelational history is so gracious to raise up a man like us 
endowed with an extraordinary and unique amount of wisdom never seen before on the earth in order to point each of us to the final wisdom coming in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you again. Is the wisdom of God something you seek? Something you treasure? Well, in our text, we have a queen who is determined to seek wisdom. What will she find? What will she find? Yes, congregation, a report has come to the queen about this king of unprecedented wisdom. Indeed, mystery shrouds the wisdom of this particular king who rules. She cannot delay. She must investigate. She must pursue. She must see for herself this treasure of wisdom which is on display before Solomon's citizens in his own day, in his own kingdom. So as the queen makes the journey to inspect this wise king and his counsel, her attitude as she approaches the throne of Solomon is draped in skepticism. She is coming to test Solomon, to try, to tempt, essentially to put Solomon's wisdom on trial. Let us see if this king is as wise as everybody is saying he actually is. Indeed, as the custom in a peaceful diplomatic context, she brings many gifts Spices, gold, precious stones for Solomon. And as she enters into Solomon's presence, she receives much more than she ever thought imaginable. Do not miss the comprehensive nature of the wisdom that confronted her. Everything that was on her heart Everything that was on her mind, she received answers. In fact, she had absolutely no question that was so hard for Solomon to answer and to explain. She came seeking wisdom and she found it on the throne of Israel. She now witnesses exactly this incredible gift of the sovereign God of heaven and earth bestowed upon his humble servant. You recall, do you not, when God revealed himself to Solomon and Gideon and, he, and, and the Lord asked, oh yes, the Lord asked Solomon, ask, what shall I give you? First Kings 3, 5. Solomon replied and asked, for an understanding heart to judge your people that I may be discerned between good and evil. 
And the Lord complies with his request. Indeed, so impressed that Solomon did not ask for a long life, as you remember the story, for riches nor conquering his enemies, that the Lord gives him an understanding to discern justice. A wise and understanding heart so great that there is no one like Solomon before him on the face of the earth and no earthly ruler after him on the face of the earth. Indeed, for a humble ruler, the gift of wisdom is more precious than gold. More precious than the throne itself. For such a gift governs over people with equity in order to demonstrate justice and peace in the kingdom, exercising honest discernment. Make no mistake, the queen of Sheba saw this wife in understanding heart on display right in front of her. Although the text does not tell us the exact questions that she asked to King Solomon, we are told in the narrative of 1 Kings of the comprehensive knowledge and wisdom that Solomon possessed. If she was seeking the wisdom of governing over the needs of her people, Solomon could easily speak of how each person dwelt safely under his vine and fig tree throughout Israel and Judah. 1 Kings 4, 25. If she sought the wisdom of everyday counsel over her people, Solomon could provide answers. He spoke of 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. 1 Kings 4, 32. If she sought wisdom about trees, (laughs) animals, birds, creeping things, And fish. Solomon had the answers. 1 Kings 4, 33. This king, this human king is unlike any person who has ever lived. Only the God of Israel knows absolutely everything there is to know about everything that exists visible and invisible. And yet God is confronting us in the history of Revelation with one who has more comprehensive, corresponding, and coherent knowledge of God's wisdom than anyone who has lived or will live as a sole human creature. He seems to know everything. He seems to know something about everything. And his wisdom is correct and right about these things on which he speaks. But 
now returning to our text. Do not miss the progressions from verses 4 to verse 5 in 1 Kings 10. Notice that the queen's visit in the providence of God occurs after the temple is finished. And thus, she is confronted with the beauty and glory of the finished temple. Then she is a witness to the food on the king's table and the service that is offered at the king's table. The food on the table never lacks plenty as supplied by the governors throughout the land. And finally, she sees the entranceway of the king to the house of the Lord. Congregation comprehend The revelation of God here. See the progressive activity of God in Solomon's reign. A female queen appears at this point in God's revelation not by chance. Note once again the progression and allow it to register Upon your heart. She seeks wisdom. She sees a finished temple. She seeks wisdom. She sees the banquet table of the king. She seeks wisdom. She sees the entranceway into the house of the Lord. Take what the queen is seeking and seeing and bring it into your life as a New Testament believer. Are your eyes open this morning? Let me whet your appetite. Seek and you shall find the wisdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you. What will be given to you? What will be given to you? Oh, congregation, God's gift of grace found only in Jesus Christ, the incarnate wisdom of God. Sheba saw a finished temple, but you see more clearly. You see Christ as the finished temple of his people. For Christ is the true and final dwelling place of God for those who have sought and found his wisdom by faith. That is so clear in the first two chapters of John's gospel about Jesus. In Christ, you have entered into the wisdom of discernment between good and evil, righteousness, justice, equity, and peace. Now, what will those who have been found in Christ by faith have set before them? 
they will have a banquet table with the imagery of the abundance of food placed before them. Indeed, you have placed, be- you have placed before you the everlasting feast of the Lamb as your own participation. What a joy it is for all those who love Jesus to be dressed in the special apparel of servants in this banquet celebration of peace and justice that only exists in Christ's eternal kingdom and kingship. But our thoughts are not finished here. The queen saw the entrance into the house of the Lord. Can it be clearer? Here we are face to face with the biblical truth that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As proclaimed in one of our favorite psalms, is it not? Psalm 23. There is the end for those who seek and find the wisdom of God. In Solomon? In Solomon? Oh, no. Not in the final analysis. In Solomon. Solomon is only a type. He's only the type. Here as what is coming in our Jesus, our Christ. Have you not heard the very words of your Savior? Are are you not following the very instruction of Christ in the revelation of Sheba and Solomon? Have we not read this morning what Jesus has said? For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Who's the greater than Solomon that is here? Jesus is speaking, of course, of himself of himself. You cannot avoid it. Christ tells you that the wisdom of Solomon points us to the wisdom of Christ. Solomon has greater coherent and comprehensive wisdom than any person born of natural biological parents the world has known. But Christ is the one who has complete, coherent, and comprehensive knowledge of all things. And what about the person? How about the queen of Sheba? Are you getting the picture? First, from the context in Luke 11 from our Savior, we are told by Christ that the queen, along with the men of Nineveh, will rise up in the judgment against the evil generation in Christ's day. Note that Christ is clear that Gentiles... 
the repentant in Nineveh and the queen are going to participate in judging the unrepentant generation of his own day, including apostate Israel. And second, why a female queen at this point in the progressive revelation of God? Because she is the picture of all of us. Of all of us. More specifically, the queen is pictured as the church. The bride of Christ before the king and bridegroom of the church. We as the church are to see ourselves in her. Now here's the clincher. Notice where verse 5 ends. Notice the last phrase. It is this phrase that has captured my attention very strongly. There was no more spirit in her or breath, your version may have, in her. When she saw all these things, she had no more spirit or breath in her. Some biblical versions view this phrase as a description of her losing her breath. She was overwhelmed with the display of Solomon's wisdom and kingdom. I believe there is probably something to this viewpoint that is correct in terms of that understanding in this situation. But I cannot help but think that the Holy Spirit is telling us something deeper here in light of the typological nature of the revelation that is in Jesus Christ. It is pointing us to the day when our human fleshly spirit will be completely overcome by the work of the Holy Spirit, placing the wisdom of Christ in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives, so that we can fully live from the Spirit of God, who gives life, who gives eternal life. Now I ask you, do you seek wisdom? Do you treasure wisdom that comes from your God in Jesus Christ? In your daily grind and anxieties, do you wish you were wiser about what faces you. Oh, how difficult it is to surrender to the coherent and comprehensive wisdom that is found in our triune God, revealed and made known to us in his holy word, the scriptures. But don't get shortchanged. If you are only looking for wisdom from the one who has comprehensive knowledge in your everyday trials, worries, fears, uncertainties, 
then you are not comprehending the entire depth and breadth of seeking wisdom. Indeed, congregation, your anxieties are at the heart of God's daily care of you. But what becomes clear about God's wisdom, unlike all earthly wisdom, is that when you are face to face with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, you are peering into the wisdom of God's providential history revealed. To be wise, to fear the Lord, to begin your wisdom with God is to be overwhelmed by the sovereign plan of God for the creation. Only in the unfolding of God's plan and execution of salvation in Jesus Christ is the discernment as well as the victory of wise counsel of good over evil laid out before you. If you have an issue that you are addressing in your life, I guarantee you that somewhere, somewhere in redemptive history, in the scriptures, God has the answer. There's no issue we face that God has not given the equipment in his word to address. Are you looking for an earthly ruler like Solomon? Oh, cries out so many Christians, if God would only give a ruler in our land like Solomon, how wonderful things would be. If that is your thinking, then you do not have any idea what God was doing in Solomon. Solomon is one of a kind in the earthly domain, and there never be one like him, because Solomon is a unique revelation of God in the history of redemption that showers, the showers of his wisdom in the Old Testament was to point us to one who is greater than Solomon. Will you not listen to Jesus, the one who is greater than Solomon is here. Biden and Trump will never solve your problems. They will become dust. You have a king, an eternal king. That is yours. It is Jesus. And he's on his throne. And it's 
forever. Forever. So we need to give up our fleshly passions in human government. In your heart lay all you have before Christ who is in charge of all things in your life. So why do you worry about clothing, Jesus? Consider the lilies of the field. Do you know the line? You know the line. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Even the lilies of the field suppress that. Have you not become Christ, become in Christ the temple of the Holy Spirit? Is that not you? The dwelling place of Christ, is that not you? Are you not presently in Christ by faith, dwelling in the heavenly places? the very vertical entrance place of God's eternal glory. Do you not know the age in which you live? You live in the age of the Spirit of Christ. Will you not surrender all, all your earthly and fleshly wisdom to the captivity of the wisdom of Christ. If you will not, then you cannot claim ignorance of the biblical injunction upon the wisdom of the flesh. The Apostle Paul gives, gets and gives a kind of sarcastic remark about such wisdom of the flesh in 1 Corinthians 1.20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? The reference there is the expert, the scholar in the law. Where is the disputer? The one who is the great debater in our age. Ah, when confronted with the cross of Christ, for the Greek, such wisdom is foolishness. Wisdom is found in the academy. Don't you know? The best wisdom in the world is is at Harvard and Oxford and Yale and Brown. Princeton. Don't you know? Terminates that world is foolishness when they see the cross of Christ. And to the Jew, it becomes a stumbling stone. The cross is a stumbling stone because Christ is the chief cornerstone 
of the everlasting temple of God. I plead with you this morning, like Sheba, do not quench the Holy Spirit and thus allow your own wisdom to surrender to the Spirit of the living God so that there is no more Spirit in you. You are only encompassed in the wisdom of Christ to enlighten your path. For those of you who are in education, those of you who are training your children, you want to train your children so that they are giving up the spirit within them, denying it so that they only have the spirit of Christ in terms of their knowledge. That is Christian education. That is covenant education. You only want your children to walk in the path of the wisdom of Christ through the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and following, which we read this morning. For you need to see, do you not, church of the Lord Jesus Christ, see your own calling. That not many are wise. The Greek word clever, skilled, experienced well learned according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame, humiliate those who are wise. you're in Christ I used to tell my students this all the time if you are in Christ you have more wisdom than any student at Harvard that's how God views it unless that student at Harvard is in Christ. That's what we're talking about. The wise of God are you. God has chosen the weak things in the world to put to shame. That's things that are mighty. What do you have in Christ? 1 Corinthians 1.30 
but of him, the person you who are chosen unto the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That is all your possession in Christ. How glorious is that? Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, we are so thankful for the wisdom of Christ. We often do not seek it. We often even wonder if we should trust it in our everyday life. But we ask, O God, that your word would be fully upon our hearts, that we would be those who are obedient to your word and the faithfulness of your word and that we would be found faithful in your wisdom in all that we do our various walks in our congregation and our covenant youth may we have the mind of Christ Jesus. In Christ's name, amen.